Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. This is Podcast 279 with Kurt Mortensen and Maximize Your Influence. Welcome back. Good to have you. Hope you had a good week. Just getting back from San Francisco again, and it was cold again, <laughs> but it was good to be there. We had a lot of fun, focused on negotiation and power negotiation, and of course, the dirty, dark tricks of negotiation that people are still learning. Now, I don't teach them so people use them. I teach them so people are prepared mentally for when they do happen. So back from San Francisco, get ready to go to Phoenix this week. Although I did do something interesting in San Francisco that I'd never done. I had never been to Alcatraz. For our international friends, that's a little island, middle of nowhere, a famous prison. A lot of movies out there. Pretty interesting, a lot of fun. And of course, you got to go by Pier, was it Pier 47 for your sourdough bowl and some good clam chowder. Making me hungry just talking about it. All right, hope you are well fed, ready to roll. Let's talk about it. Let's get into the blunder of the week. Homer? Don't, don't, don't. Well, I was watching this news program, which I usually don't watch. It was just a small market city news program. And they had a guest. <laughs> and this guest was promoting their carpet cleaning business. And you've probably seen these before where they put the carpet out and they get the cleaner all ready. And they're throwing spaghetti sauce down and then coffee and different things to prove they can clean anything. And this guy was boasting and how this will do everything. And the carpet will never be the same. And it doesn't matter what you throw down. And, I mean, they made a mess on this carpet. It was nasty looking. Anyway, fast forward a little bit. They cleaned up the mess, the physical stuff, and it left big red stain. And this guy cleaned it and tried to clean it and kept cleaning it. You know, there's the before and after spot. <laughs> and it didn't work. <laughs> Live television, it didn't work. Now, I'll give it to him. He got probably 90, maybe 95% of the stain. But on this white carpet, you could still see the red stain from the tomato sauce. You're like, uh, come on, no credibility, probably losing business. So, hey, I'm all about the demonstration. It's a great way to persuade people because they see it, proof's in the pudding, it's all right there. But you've got to be 100% positive that whatever you're going to do, whatever you're going to demonstrate is going to work, okay? Especially if you bring people out of the audience or have other people do things, you got to make sure that you get the response that you want. Otherwise, it's going to backfire on you. So carpet cleaning man in local market who didn't do his research, who thought he was better than he actually was, you are the blunder. You lost business. I feel bad for you. I wish it would have worked out for you. But look at it to this way, carpet cleaner guy. Everyone's learning from your mistakes, and it's not going to happen again, and hopefully your business will increase in the future, and hopefully everybody else's business on the podcast will increase in the future. Time for the geeky article. I guess this would be geeky research. I was thinking about this the other day. This is in my first book, Maximum Influence. I wanted to share a couple studies, what they mean and how you can use them. Everything I teach is based on science. So this first study was done by Knox and Inkster. They went to this racetrack in Canada, 
and they were interviewing people waiting in line to place a bet. But one of the questions was to find out how confident they were in their decision and the bet they were going to make on this horse. Then they interviewed him again after placing the bet. A few more questions and embedded in there again was how confident they were in their horse that it was going to win. And they found out that people were more confident after they made a decision, after they put the money down, than they were before. Because once we make a decision, the decision sounds better. we got to find reasons why it's a good decision because we make good decisions. That's what your brain's telling you. So now you're looking for everything that's good about the decision. Another interesting study was done by a younger walker in Arrowwood. They did the same type of thing. They went to games of chances like bingo, wheel of fortune, and how confident they were that they were going to win, how lucky they felt. And then they did it again after they placed the bet. They found the exact same thing. People are more confident once they make a decision. And so you're like, okay, what does that mean? How does that help me as a persuader? Let me tell you. The way the human brain works is we're looking for every reason not to do it. When you're pitching your product, doing your presentation, I'm looking for something that's wrong. But once you get me to make a decision that it's right, now I'm going to look for every reason that it's right. Did you catch that? There's a big shift because the human brain needs to be right. And I make good decisions. That's what our brain's telling us. And so your job is to get them to make the decision, even if it's a minor decision, and slowly build that up to the point where now they're looking for all the reasons why it was a good decision, the right decision, and why they're doing business with you. Same type of thing if you just bought a new car, you're all excited about it, and all of a sudden you see it everywhere. The validation, everyone else likes it, maybe the consumer reports. We always look for reasons to validate why we made good decisions, and that's the focus of these studies. So think about that. Before, we're looking for every reason not to. After I made a decision, I'm looking for every reason why it was the right decision, it was a good decision. Just like the horse racing track or the games of chance. Before, but once I made that decision, put the money down, make the decision, I'm more confident about that decision. And this is before the race even happened, or before the bingo even happened. They felt more confident in their decision. So those are our studies of the day. Next to our listener email, this is from McKay in the United States. Oh, boy. This is Gangs Kurtz for the podcast at InfluenceUniversity.com. I'm learning a lot. Going through your old archives in Influence University. And let's make a plug right there, InfluenceUniversity.com. It has the archives, has the advanced videos and audios. Take a look at it. That's what McKay's talking about. He said, Curtin Podcast 252, titled NLP Factor Fiction, you mentioned meta programs and that there's a lot of good to meta programs. Can you spend a little more time on meta programs and how we can use those to persuade each other? Thanks, McKay. Looks like you're already a member to InfluenceUniversity.com and you get a free membership, so we'll upgrade your membership to the platinum level. That means you have access to me. I'll send you all the information on that. But what a great question. Metaprograms does come from the world of NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I spent a podcast going over some of the hype, some of the facts, some of the fiction, a little bit of everything. And so let's take a dive into metaprograms. You're like, all right, what's a metaprogram? Well, it's pretty much a habitual pattern that is used by an individual in most situations. Not quite personality. Personality is a little deeper. Metaprograms kind of how we see the world, how we perceive the world, how we interpret the world. We have these little mental programs or like filters I mentioned that we tend to see the world how we want to see the world. Part of our personality 
Some people call them sorting patterns. And these are just little programs that are running in your mind, kind of how we think. Looking through the world in rose-colored glasses, meaning you're, you're optimistic, you see all the good in the world, that would be a, a filter or a meta-program. So these perception filters, they kind of sort through the information in the world that drives you. They are representations of your personality. If you ever studied Carl Jung, he called them temperaments. And scientists have identified over 50 meta-programs. And we're going to do all 50, but I want to kind of give you a feel about these perception filters or these mental programs that are running in our mind that are how we see the world. Is it rose-colored glasses? Is it tinted glasses? Is it no glasses? <laughs> so these are very interesting to know as a persuader. If you could peg these in a person and see how they see the world and adapt to that, they're going to see you in better eyes. They're going to like you better, and they're going to be easier to persuade. The first one is inspiration versus desperation. We call it pleasure, pain, reward, punishment. How are you rewarded? Some people need a reward to be motivated. Some people are extrinsically motivated or intrinsically motivated. It's different. Some people are always just avoiding pain, and people want to experience pleasure. They want more out of life. So you kind of have to take a look. Are they more motivated by inspiration or desperation? And how do you know? Well, with desperation... You can see their demeanor, they're stuck in worry, something's going wrong, they're moving away from something, they're stuck in the past, they're going through life looking through the rearview mirror, always worried about the past, things they can't fix, they're trying to avoid pain and punishment. And if they're stuck in desperation, hey, it's okay to crank it up, crank up the fear a little bit, I mean, give a little hope, but crank up the fear that if we don't fix things and we don't change it, that's how they're motivated. Rewards don't work very well, vision of the future doesn't work very well, sometimes you got to get in and build a little pain with that type of meta-program. Now, the opposite of that is inspiration. You can see this in their demeanor. They're excited. They're motivated. They have more facial expression. It's all about the future, what is right, their vision. They're moving towards something, towards a, a goal or a vision that excites them. They have hope in the future. They're more motivated by reward or esteem or what they're going to get. It's worth the effort to do whatever it is to achieve their goals. And when they're in inspiration, stay there. Get them excited about the future. Help them see the vision. Paint that picture. Because if you try to go to desperation with this person, it will backfire on you every time. That's not what moves them. So try to tap in. What's motivating at the time? Tap into that. Use that. That's our first meta program. Second meta program is internal versus external. Where are they getting their validation? What judgment is the most important? See, internal... It's just, hey, gut check. How does this make me feel? What's my instinct, my intuition tell me? I know inside myself internally I've done a good job. doesn't matter what other people think. So I'm more concerned about what's happening on the inside. My feelings, my thoughts, that gut check. Does it feel right? Do I feel like I did a good job? Do I feel like people like me? Do I feel like you can fill in the blank? That's internal. And when that happens, you got to help them Figure out for themselves that it's a good choice versus those who are external. What do other people think? What do other people feel? What are other people saying? What does the research show? What does Yelp say? How many stars does it have? How many thumbs up? How many likes? Kind of that social check. That's the most important thing. doesn't matter if you felt like you've done a good job. You've got to hear it from somebody else. Research, social validation, what other people think. That is what that person needs, and you've got to find other testimonials, endorsements, recommendations, and use social validation in that situation, and even praise, to help persuade this type of meta-program. 
The next is specific versus generalities. With this, some people hate the details and want the big picture. They get overwhelmed with the details. But some want the big picture, but some just want the details. Or at least start with the big picture, but give me concrete details. It's just how people think. Some people are big visionary people, and some people want to get into the dirt, the specifics, the nuts and bolts. So those that are specific, they want the details. They want to know the exact amount. How are we going to get there? How long is it going to take? How much money is it going to take? Don't say it costs $1,000 a month. No, no, it's $1,112.42 a month. That's what they need to know, the exact amount. Got to be organized, got to be detailed, got to have a plan. That is what they need. If you just have this big vision in the sky, it drives them crazy because they don't know how to get there. It's too far away. Versus the opposite of that meta program is generalities. Love the big picture. Just give me an estimate. You know, the three, four months, maybe five, ten years, right? They want to think about the problem, the situation, the product, seeing it working, big picture. They're not quite sure how it's going to work. They just want to see that big picture, that vision. So in their mind, when they see it, they can see it. We'll worry about the details later. We'll come up with something or we'll get somebody else to do that. They want to see the big picture, where we're going, our vision. That is what they need. So you have to adapt. If it's a specific person, you better start writing out numbers and game plans and goals. If it's a generalities, big picture, vision, get excited, pie in the sky, we're going to do this. Other one is same versus different. See, when people have the meta program of same, when they see your product, your service, or your presentation, whatever it is, they're looking for similarities. How does it match what they're doing? How does it match what they've done in the past? We're looking for patterns. How does it fit in what they've already done, what they've already researched, what they already know? What is the same here? Getting those similarities, does it match? What are those patterns? They're looking for some type of commonality. If I showed you seven pennies and six were heads and one was tails, you would notice that most of them were heads. Now, the opposite of that is different. If I showed you those same pennies and you were a different meta program, you would see that the one that's different, the one is tails, that's what you would notice. So the different meta program, you're looking for opposites. How are they different? What are the discrepancy? What is the one thing that's sticking out that I notice? You're looking for things that are different. Sometimes that person, well, you got to give them something that's wrong, that's different. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for the one thing you said that, that they might not believe. See, the same person during your presentation, they'll find all the things they like, the good things, the different. Like, no, that one thing you said, doesn't matter if you did 100 things right, they're going to find that one thing. They thrive for that. That's what they want. That's how they're programmed. That is their meta program. The one you've heard of before, of course, is introverts versus extroverts. I've mentioned before that now introverts are now better persuaders than extroverts because extroverts are salesy, introverts are consultants, they listen more, ask more questions, and the person tells them everything they need to know to persuade them. So we know this one. Extroverts love to communicate. They want to pop in. They're public people. They like public sports, the face-to-face contact. They need to see your eyes. That's how they are. They need that. And you got to give that to them. If they need to pop in, if they need the face-to-face visit, If they need to go out lunch together, if they need to talk, that's what they need. And when you can adapt to that meta program, you can build your relationship, connect better, and be more persuasive. Versus introverts tend to keep their feelings inside. They work alone. They don't like to pop in. They say, why are you here? Send me an email. Okay. They tend to be good listeners. 
They're not as outgoing most of the time. They like solo sports. They tend to be very loyal. You know, right or wrong with any of these, we're just different. We're programmed differently. So to an introvert, pop in's not going to help you. Send the email. When the time's right, you've made the connection. They'll share some of their feelings with you, but you just have to adapt to that meta program. Then the next meta program you got to be aware of is logical versus emotional. Now, you know, logical people, they use their head. They need the facts, the statistics, the past history. What have we tried before? They know where the calculator is on their phone. They use their five senses to see what's going on. They love the details. How does it work? Those type of things for logical people, they need that. The logic, being prepared, the facts, the statistics, the history. When you see that, that's what you need to do with your presentation is focus on the facts, the statistics, the details, how it works and what's going to happen. Now, with an emotional type meta program, this type of person uses their hearts. They're swayed with emotions. They're going to need more stories. They're going to listen to their intuition. It's what feels right, that sixth sense. Remember, logical, it's the five senses. Emotional, it's that sixth sense. It's feel right, that intuition, more emotions, and you need to adapt your presentation to that. Then, of course, don't get trouble for this one. Men versus women have different meta programs. Our brains are different. We do think differently. We are persuaded differently. Let me know if you disagree or if I'm getting in trouble for this or it's not politically correct. I'll just walk into this and let's see what we can do with it. Men and women are different. Now, men, I guess I'm generalizing here, just trying to paint a picture. They tend to use more simple language. They, as you already know, do not like unsolicited advice. (laughs) They love praise and they need a little space to work out their own problems. Again, this is just a general meta program versus women need more undivided attention aren't looking for solutions. They need more of a listening ear so they can come up with their own solutions. They need the eye contact, and I'm guilty of that because my wife's all, uh, need your eyes (laughs) when uh, I am doing my listening. And usually you don't want to say, no, that you shouldn't feel that way. Your feelings are wrong. Women also love good reassurance and feedback and that you've shown them you've listened and you understand to what they're saying. We have a lot of similarities too, but there are some differences. Again, the physical brain in men and women are different. It's wired differently. Women tend to use both halves of the brain more than men. It's just wired differently. It is. Again, no right or wrong with any of this. We're just programmed differently, different personalities, different meta programs, and great persuaders. You persuade people how they want to be persuaded. Now, there are a lot more meta programs you can think and just start seeing, but if you can just pick up little clues along the way, you can adapt your style. I mean, people are more focused about being the victim versus other people taking ownership. Some people are, like we talked about earlier, stuck in the past versus looking to the future. Some people are all about, hey, saving money in the cost versus the convenience, right? Those are the type of things. Some people are optimistic. Some people are pessimistic. You can see these, and it's important you see these as you start to persuade. So how about a little homework? Pick the better program that intrigued you the most that I talked about today or go back and review. And start seeing in different people. Which one are they? Again, it's a subset of personalities. Personality is a lot bigger, a little bit harder to adapt to. But if you can just adapt to a few meta programs here and there and adapt that presentation to that meta program, you become more persuasive. We're different. That's good. We could talk about culture, personality, meta programs, age, any of those things. They're differences. And that's good. That's what makes the world great. That's what makes people great. We don't all want to be the same. And you need to be careful and realize that you persuade how you like to be persuaded. And you need to adapt to their style the way they think. Because if three people see an accident, 
you're going to get three different viewpoints of what they saw. And they're not lying. They saw it differently. They see the world differently. That's who they are. And the more you can get in their shoes, the more you can adapt to that, the more persuasive you will be. So, McKay, thanks for the question. Appreciate it. Let me know if I've answered your questions or if you have additional questions on meta programs. And those who want to send an email, it's Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Everything you need is also at MaximizeYourInfluence.com from the free book, Maximum Influence, to take your persuasion IQ to the advanced training programs. But thanks for being here. Tell your family, friends, and your enemies about the power of persuasion. We're on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube under Maximize Your Influence. Just pick one thing that you learned today, apply it, be more influential, and go out and persuade with power. (laughs) 